0: pickaxe welcome thank you
1: um and what do you what do you go by
0: uh soren soren okay soren is
1: good and um you know you can call me alok or dr k like you
0: know whatever you prefer okay um
1: yeah so thank you so much for coming on soren how you doing today
0: i'm good I'm nervous, but I'm good.
1: <laughs> I think most people usually are, and I, I still don't know quite what to do about that. Um,
0: There's only so much you can do, I think.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what are you nervous about?
0: Uh, just being vulnerable on, on such an kind of open platform. I mean, okay. that's the kind of beauty of it, but that's also, uh, I guess, what makes me nervous, at least.
1: Yeah. And are you planning on being vulnerable today? Uh,
0: I think it's kind of hard not to be on, on your channel from, well, from the talks can... that I've seen.
1: Well, yeah, the fair point. But, you know, we can help you not be vulnerable if, if you don't want to.
0: No, I mean, I think being vulnerable is a, is a good thing. It's okay. just a difficult, difficult thing.
1: Absolutely, sometimes. man. Well said. Well said. Um, and did you have an idea of what you wanted to talk about today?
0: Uh, I have an idea of maybe where we can start and then sure. I'm happy to go... Wherever you kinda see the hey. conversation going or any observations that you might have.
1: Sorry, one second, Soren. They can see um, me now? Yeah. So um Sweet. Yeah, so what where would you like to start, Soren?
0: Uh it might be hard for me to to, to kind of vocalize this because I haven't really told anyone, but uh so in, in League of Legends, whether you're coaching or playing, there's a very distinct like on season and off season. Mm-hmm and people grind really hard in the on-season, and then you have a lot of free time, sometimes even kind of months, where you're not doing, uh where you're not really working. And I feel sometimes like I'm two different people, especially okay. in terms of uh, the things that I really miss in-season are the things that I feel like are really different, are especially I don't really have a lot of feelings during the season. I'm very, like, robotic
2: okay Uh,
0: good things bad things i'm pretty stoic okay Uh, and and that feels pretty different when i'm off season i'm definitely more in touch with my emotions i feel like okay and the other thing is kind of just creativity i guess or seeing things from a different perspective being more aware of my surroundings and, and kind of aware of myself even uh in the In the season, I feel like that kind of goes away and I'm really just grinding and sometimes I don't really have a good perspective on how to solve issues or see things in a different way. And uh, I have had that sometimes during the season and I I feel like those are kind of some of my best times where I'm able to just be more aware of what I'm doing and how I can kind of optimize the way that I'm living and and working and trying to do my job the best that I can.
1: Okay, so let me just... um kind of repeat back what i heard make sure we're on the same page (laughs) um first of all this sounds like very intriguing to me i'm I'm, i'm um it seems like an observation that i actually have like imagined very few people actually have the awareness to sort of make um it seems like a very kind of uh it seems like you're aware of your internal environment and how much that can change drastically between the on-season and the off-season. Is that a good way to put it?
2: hmm
1: And so you've noticed that you have, you, you maybe don't feel a lot of things during the season, and then the off-season, are we saying that you feel too much or you feel a normal
0: amount or what?
2: Mm,
0: a normal amount. Okay. I'm not kind of bursting at the seams <laughs> as soon as the season is over, but yeah. okay. more and more kind of natural things like uh, I, I'm able to kind of cry when it's appropriate during the season. Okay. I, I'm kind of very just uh, stoic, I guess is the word that I would use.
1: Okay. And that you also mentioned something about awareness and how you're able to see things differently during the on season, uh, off season, and that uh-huh. maybe you're not quite is aware of things during the on-season. And then you also said that sometimes when you have been aware during the on-season that it's been actually really good. Mm -hmm. Can you help me understand that?
2: Mm,
0: I think it's just uh, the times where in the on-season it was really helpful for me. It's just really being aware of team dynamics or the issues or how we can improve the way that we are working together or talking to each other. or It's obviously really flexible when you are aware of those things. Uh, But I think a lot of people in the League of Legends scene can really... uh, Well, just talking to people, they feel like they get really lost in the sauce during the season and they just end up kind of going through in the motions and kind of doing the same things over and over again. And then after the season is over, it's like, wait, what? I was just doing this thing kind of over and over again and not really um, able to reflect and see things from a different perspective. And I very much feel that same way.
1: I'm noticing that there's a lot of autopilot once the season starts. It's just grind, grind, grind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, people are motivated and and excited and and trying new things and more creative. And then kind of as the season goes on, as the months of grinding goes on, I think a lot of things become more automated.
1: How do you understand why that happens?
0: Mm, Maybe just the sheer amount of hours. I'm not really sure. I mean, I didn't have a day off from late December till... Uh, like the second week of April. Uh, of course, I had time off, but I didn't have a kind of day off to myself. So I think, obviously, the time where you're away from the game and where the time where you're doing different things and away from the team, I think that definitely gives you uh, kind of a different perspective and more time to self-reflect.
1: That sounds insane, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this may sound like... And, and you know, I, I don't want to... Um, If we skirt close to anything that could be like, you know, sharing internal secrets or or things like that, please steer, you know, I'm just going to ask you a question. Just let me know if anything I ask is out of line. But how on earth do you not have a day off in four months? Uh, How does that work? Why?
0: Well, I think most people do. is just, uh, I'm the head coach. So on the typical off day, I'm usually doing... I'm usually watching our matches for the weekend and preparing them for our meetings next week. I'm having meetings with my staff. I'm having meetings with my general manager, head of esports, and also CEO. Uh, so
1: That's on your off day?
0: Yeah, because it's hard to fit it in on my, <laughs> on my work days.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Soren, I, I know this may be a little bit different from what you had originally said, but I think that may be worth talking about. What do you think? <laughs>
0: Uh yeah. Okay. I think it could be worth talking about.
1: What makes it hard to fit in meetings with your CEO and general manager on your work days?
0: Mm. No, I mean I, I definitely could in the evening. It's just a lot of the time I'm I'm pretty pooped. Uh just from mm I think a typical work day we meet up at 10, and then we're kind of done with team practice around it's either 6 p.m. or maybe 8 p.m. Uh, and then on some days of the week, I'm having kind of individual meetings with the players, and um, the last day of the week going into matches, there's also always a lot of prep uh, around kind of different aspects of the game, the the opponent, the draft, and mm-hmm. I'm responsible for a lot of that. Not the prep for the opponents, luckily I have a strategy coach that helps with that, but um, it's just hard to fit fit things in, and okay. I also need to have a little bit of uh off time obviously on those days, or I kinda might lose my mind,
1: yep, absolutely. So let me ask you something. What would happen if you missed two hours of team practice on Monday
0: mm, Monday's actually our day off, but yeah, on Tuesday, I don't know what would happen? Cause I haven't tried. I mean, so, sometimes I do ask my assistant coach to take over for me if I'm just really exhausted or uh, if I just want a different perspective, see someone else lead meetings and review But I haven't been away from practice at all.
1: What keeps you so close to practice?
0: Mm. I mean, I'm a new coach. This is my first five months of coaching so I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do and I um, yeah I just feel like I, I guess I need to work harder than everyone else because I'm so new in coaching but I still want my team to do I don't want to hold my team back so I, okay. I guess I just want to make the most of every opportunity to learn and grow and become better <laughs> what are you smiling for?
1: <laughs> oh, Soren. Okay. Shit. <laughs> you're damn right. Shit. <laughs> okay, so let's let's unpack this a little bit. Okay. So, mm-hmm. sorry if I, did I just make you nervous by smiling and saying you're damn right.
2: Shit.
0: <laughs> no, well, I mean let- I, I know I definitely have a little bit of a maybe toxic productivity. Kind of mindset.
1: Tell me. (laughs) Okay. What do you mean by toxic productivity mindset? Can you help us understand that phrase?
2: Mm.
0: Uh, I don't really know how to to phrase it. Okay. You can help me there.
1: Yeah. Is it okay if we dig into this today? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you that question two or three more times, because I suspect that we're going to get <laughs> to feelings that um, may feel actually uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. and my concern is that you have such a toxic productivity and growth-oriented mindset that even if things are uncomfortable, you'll never say no.
0: Well, you a big that? part of why I'm even here is that... The... I'm just trying to get outside my comfort zone more. Okay. And I guess that's because you're trying to grow, right? (laughs) Because screw, screw, uh, sword, screw your comfort zone.
1: Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I'm saying. You know, gotta grow, whatever the cost to you. A little bit. Okay. I think that's what that's what toxic (laughs) toxic productivity. I've never heard that phrase before, but I I think it's well said, coined well. So let's start with this, okay? I'm going to lay things out and then we're going to explore. And what I, the reason I'm going to lay things out is because um, I'm imagining that there's a part of your mind that's really, really concerned about like stepping into a trap of some kind. Um, you mentioned you were nervous. I think you're going to have a tendency to set aside your own feelings for the sake of growth. So I'm going to try to alleviate this a little bit. It's not usually how I work. Usually we'll have the revelation at the end, but I'm just going to give it to you anticlimactically at the beginning, and then we're going to explore it. And the reason I'm going to do that is that I hope it'll put your mind a little bit at ease. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is that you know, I've seen this a lot. So I've worked with a fair number of esports organizations before, and, and not just esports, but basically any high-performing, top-tier, like 0.1% organization you go to. So I've seen this at places like Harvard Business School. I've seen it at hospital systems, you know, tech companies. Um, there's this idea that more is better. So for example, like in residency training, like we, we do like 24 hour calls, we do 30 hour calls. There's this kind of this idea that like, you know, if you work 80 hours a week or a working a hundred hours a week is better than working 80 hours a week. You know, that, that like work, like working more is better. And, and I've, I've struggled a lot to sort of like. Get people to experiment with this. And I'd say the the hardest uphill climb I've ever had to make, which I failed to make, was working with a Korean overwatch team.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's gonna and, be a challenge
1: and they just didn't like accept that working less could lead to better results
0: mm-hmm.
1: and And this is where, and I've managed to convince some people that actually, like you know rather than doing team practice for twelve hours a day or eight hours a day, that doing team practice for, like, four hours, six hours a day and doing, like, an hour of meditation and yoga and an hour of, like, something else actually leads to, like, better outcomes than just grinding. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, I think one of the most difficult things about the game that uh, I was playing professionally for a long time and I'm coaching is that it changes a lot that really rewards the grinders because the game is always changing a lot. So you always need to adapt and figure out what's strong, what counters this new thing that's strong, this thing that was powerful. It's now been made maybe 5%, 10% weaker. Is it still viable? Which situations is it viable? Uh, So it really rewards grinders. And and honestly, the biggest grinders are the most successful in League of Legends. Okay. Um, So it definitely, it does require putting in a lot of hours, but of course, up until a certain point.
1: Um, yeah so so and and this is where ultimately you're the expert here right because i don't know how many hours of grinding before you start hitting diminishing returns it's generally speaking been my experience that people tend to overemphasize grinding in and i i don't know really too i mean and each each esport is different but it's been my experience that most of the time like in 80 percent of the esports orgs i've worked with that de-emphasizing grinding usually leads to better performance. That being thoughtful... It doesn't mean that you're not thinking about the game. It's just being thoughtful about your practice is actually better than, like, grinding. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But that's not where we're gonna go. What we're gonna <laughs> go... Then,
0: then what I would say when I was a player is, why can't I be thoughtful while grinding?
1: Yeah, okay, so th- there it is. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so wh- why would you say that as a player? Where does that come
0: from? Uh, because that that sounds like the, the best of both worlds. You're kind of getting all the benefits, right? Being more Ab- deliberate in your practice, but also
1: shooting for the best. Yeah. Okay. So, but what we're going to talk about is, you feel like you have a lot of catching up to do. Mm-hmm. How long have you felt that way?
0: Wow. Uh. In general, I assume you mean more in general? Yeah. Um and we're hitting the the big stuff. I don't know if it's the big stuff, but uh it's pretty public. I made a Facebook post many years ago that I was bullied really heavily in school from fourth grade till eighth grade when I actually dropped out of school. And dropping out of school kinda of caused me to play a lot more video games, which somehow turned into a job, which somehow brought me where I am now. So mm-hmm. uh, I was really fortunate in that sense. But I was kind of in and out of school for, I can't remember how long, because honestly, a lot of my young past is kind of a blur at this point. Uh, but I was in and out of school for a long time. I pretty much didn't leave my room. I didn't see anyone outside of my family. and Uh, had a lot of anxiety interacting with other people and even when I started going to esports tournaments, I felt just like very underdeveloped for my age and even coming to the US here when I was 17, 18 I wasn't really able to upkeep a conversation with another person Uh, the only thing I really knew was the game and that's what I dove into Uh, and I think at that point I definitely felt like I'm Uh, I guess underdeveloped underdeveloped for my age, like my life skills, my social skills, these kinds of things. And it was super uncomfortable, but I just tried to still spend a lot of time with people and learn how to be a normal person.
1: Screw your feelings, right?
2: Mm,
0: I don't know. That's a difficult one. I mean, when when I was listening to my feelings when I was depressed, they were just telling me, don't see other people. Stay in your room. Play video games all day. Uh, and it was really when I, I guess, just really got outside my comfort zone and went to an esports event in Sweden. Met a bunch of other, met my teammates in person, which was really terrifying because I was really deeply insecure. Um, but then my team got top eight, I think. And then we actually qualified for the LCS when LCS was starting back in season three. So this is maybe eight years ago. So we qualified for LCS and then that really got me the job as an esports player. So,
1: so you have to work harder than everyone else.
0: mm. Yeah, I think I always felt that way. I never felt like I was super intrinsically talented. I always felt like a lot of my skill came from my work ethic.
1: I think that's certainly true. By the way, I loved your answer to screw your feelings because you were like, it's tough because sometimes my feelings tell me to stay in my room and not interact with anyone. And you've had to learn how to master your feelings at times.
0: And they still do tell me that sometimes wow
1: okay and then you also said i don't want to hold everyone back can you tell me um
0: yeah i mean i think the natural progression of a coach is kind of to start coaching maybe individual players and then maybe coaching an amateur or academy team but i went straight from playing lcs to coaching kind of a top tier, multi-million dollar team. Uh, So I just don't want to hold them back with my inexperience.
1: Do you feel underdeveloped?
2: (laughs) Um... Do I feel underdeveloped? Um...
0: I feel like I don't have a ton of experience yet. I would say. So Does that kind of um, answer your question or does it not? It,
1: I think it's uh it's a very artful dodge that <laughs> okay. could be an answer if I wanted to accept it as one. And and I, I'm not I'm not, you know, if it's an answer, it's an answer. So if your answer is no, I don't feel underdeveloped. What I feel is inexperienced, and there's a difference. Because I think the other challenge here,
0: Soren, is mm-hmm. that
1: I think that, yeah, what, what would you say to that?
0: Oh, I, I just don't understand the, the difference between the two. Okay. Inexperience and, and underdeveloped.
1: Okay. You would say that those are the same thing?
0: Uh, in this coaching case, I, I definitely will develop with experience. Of course, okay. it's not the only thing, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So here's my concern is that as long as you feel like you have catching up to do, you're going to act in a way that alleviates those feelings. And the challenge is that there may come a time where you have caught up, but just because you've technically caught up may not actually have anything to do with the feeling of having caught up. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm i concerned... It's also a-
0: Yeah, you you don't really know when you've caught up because I also don't really see other. Yeah, I mean, it's just a hard thing. It's not a very linear thing like, oh, now I've caught up. Now I have these skills.
1: Exactly. So I I see you putting yourself into like an unwinnable proposition because you're never going to know whether you've caught up or not, and you're going to be like driving yourself forward because you feel like you need to catch up. And even though... And I know this sounds weird. So, like, sometimes, Soren, people who have your your complex, for lack of a better term, you know, these Mm -hmm. people who feel like they're underdeveloped, feel like they have to work really bad, I mean, really hard, feel like they've fallen behind, they will, like, work so hard that they'll actually rise... I know this sounds absolutely crazy. They'll rise to the top of their field. And sometimes, even in video gaming, for example, they're like... 20 million players in this game called League of Legends, and they'll actually rise to a top-tier team in a professional League of Legends capacity, and they still Uh feel like they have catching up to do. I know it sounds absolutely crazy. No. (laughs) Right, so what does catching up look like?
2: Uh...
0: Can I ask is is that such a bad feeling to have or do you just think it, it's kind of a deep seated uh like you don't you don't ever feel like you're enough is that kind of the a...
1: is that how you feel like you never feel like you're enough
0: mm. I I don't ever think that but if I think that I can always grow Maybe.
1: Yep. Well Uh, said. Right. So, so I'm not hearing that you really.
0: I don't have really negative self thoughts. Like, I'm like, I'm not enough, but I do have like, oh, I need to be better. Yeah. That's kind of what I think a lot.
1: Yeah. So, so I think that that's a very, very good new man. You're very nuanced, Soren. So, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a a new, there's an important difference between I'm not good and I could be better. Mm -hmm. right um i suspect that those are two sides of the same coin and i think that always striving to be better can come from a dissatisfaction with who you are i personally think that's what you've got down there i think you've just (laughs) you've just put such positive psychology language around it like you just talk about growth but like I do think that there's fear in other negative emotion. Like, I don't want to hold everyone back. Implies to me that if I really had to guess, what I'd say is that in your mind, you're afraid that you will hold everyone back. And that's why you have to work harder than everyone else, because your teammates don't deserve to have someone like you hold them back. They deserve to have someone... Who can really like live up to expectations and like be the coach that your team needs and the coach that your team deserves? And you're going to work really hard to be that thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's still a fundamental like fear underneath there that you're like you have to work really hard because deep down, if you just autopilot it, it's not going to be enough. Mm, yeah. So then you ask me the question, "Is that necessarily bad?" because I seem to be placing a judgment on it. What do you think uh,
2: uh I guess.
0: maybe this is not what you're asking but i guess i feel like a lot of the time the way that i spend my life or live my life on autopilot uh just doesn't really make me happy i think i
1: think uh, that's a- i
0: think i think i waste it's uh i get like sucked into things very easily like social media and obviously those are built to be addicting but uh if I wasn't kind of pushing myself to be a better person and to live life more intentionally and use my time wisely, that's why I have this stupid skull because it reminds me that I, I don't live forever and I try to make the most of of my days. It's a little bit more of a time in yeah. my room, but uh, it does help me, especially when I have a hard time getting up in the morning. But
1: why do you have uh, to make the most of your days?
0: Mm. Why do I have to make the most out of my days? Mm. I think it just makes me feel fulfilled. And it's not like all I do is work, right? It's even just... uh, Being more intentional about even like spending time with other people. I think when I live life very much on autopilot, I also isolate myself a lot. I'm definitely pretty introverted. And if I'm not kind of making myself get out there, then I isolate myself very much.
1: Can I think for a second? Sure. Take your time. Can you tell me about bullying?
0: Tell you about bullying? What what do you want to know?
1: So you mentioned that you dropped out of school in fourth grade? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. So can you tell me about what, what happened between fourth grade and eighth grade? What school was like for you?
0: Uh, it was... Really bad? Uh... Looking back, I don't know. I don't know how hard I was being singled out compared to kind of how sensitive I was, because my my parents always told me that I was a very sensitive kid, especially compared to my brothers. But I felt very singled out by some people in my class, by my teacher. At the time, I felt like he was uh, somewhat bullying me or singling me out. Uh, But, of course, I was a kid, so I I don't know how much that is true, but that was very much my reality.
1: What do you you remember?
2: Mm. Mm.
0: I don't remember too much, to be honest. I remember (laughs) more so, like, in eighth grade when people would... uh, When the bus was coming, like... Steal my backpack and hold it until the bus left. So I would have to go home without my backpack or I would have to stay and then I would end up walking home a lot. But it's like, uh, it's like a five mile walk or something, four mile walk. Um, and just being bullied a lot for being skinny, especially. Uh, I was a really, really skinny and short kid. So bullied a lot for my body weight. Uh, my school was kind of up against the kindergarten. So they would throw me into the kindergarten because they said I, I looked like a kid in kindergarten because I was small and skinny. That was really fucking painful at the time. Uh for sure. Underdeveloped. Oh. <laughs> it all comes full circle.
1: <laughs> I tried to map things out for you, so I didn't I didn't spring it on you, bro, you know?
0: Uh huh. That's so, yeah, right. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that as I was talking about it.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to cry quietly to myself for a second. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let me ask you what, what, uh, all right, Soren, we're just getting started, buddy. So mm-hmm. when, when, when this thing happened with the backpack, like what did your, did you tell anyone?
0: Hmm. I don't think so because that was in 8th grade so I think back in 6th, 7th, 5th grade I would tell my parents and then they would want to contact the school contact the principal, contact their parents and of course when you're a young kid you care a lot about being cool
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I was always the kid who, so that's kind of like the popular group of kids, and I would always try to tag along, but I was never really a part of, of that circle, so I would be the kid that's getting picked on in the popular circle, uh, but I so desperately wanted to be a part of that circle, so I didn't want my parents to talk to their parents, and and obviously it's, it's really silly now, but at, at the time, the is social status now? is really important.
1: Mm. doesn't sound silly to me.
0: Well, I think if I was who I am now, I would just... There's a lot of kids at the school try to find people who okay. accept me and that I could get along with. You. you don't have to be a part of the most popular mm-hmm. clique in the school. Sure. Uh, well said. So in that sense, I, I think I would have done better if I was... I definitely admired the kids who... You know, kids would get picked on for drawing or for doing things that were considered nerdy, but they were um, really—they knew what they liked and they knew the kind of people that they were. And I guess I was more so just trying to fit in. So, uh, in hindsight, as I got older, I had a lot of—I have a lot of respect for those kids who are able to be true to themselves and what they enjoy, even though it's not cool or it's not what most people like to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and and i was just <laughs> going to be bouncing around. what what
0: oh is this funny when you when you smile i feel like you're, you're like oh okay this makes <laughs> what, a lot of sense
1: what do you think is going on in my head right now mm, i don't know okay
0: i can't really tell you
1: um Do you like being fulfilled? <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> it feels like a trick question, but hmm.
2: yeah, okay. It
1: really wasn't a trick question. It was just sort of a, um, you know, I, I know it's certainly, I, I could see what you mean in terms of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to let you know well in advance before I lay out a trap for you, okay? Okay. Um. But, yeah, okay. How would you feel if I, if I could give you a pill that would make you content? Would you take it? Actually, maybe that's a bad question, but but let's just hear your answer anyway.
0: I feel like, of course, you would want to say yes, but I guess I'm worried that. Uh... Hmm, it's a complicated question. Yeah,
1: what's complicated about it? Hmm.
0: Because, of course, you want to be, sorry, what is the word? Content? Mm -hmm. Uh, But (laughs) I guess I just worry that I I might kind of let myself go. But also, does that really matter if I'm just content? But then I would probably also die young, because I would just not exercise and not do these kinds of things that are going to make me a healthier person. But I'm definitely overthinking the question. Nope, I don't think you are. Mm. I think you're... So, capable- I, I don't really know. I, I can't y- really tell you.
1: You may be underdeveloped in many ways, Soren, but I don't think you're underdeveloped in your thinking. I think you're a very mm-hmm. precise thinker. So, I've got kind of a fork in the road. One is, you know, we can get more to what I'm pretty sure is some sense of... Okay, here's here's what I'm hearing, okay? So, I'm going to try to once again avoid pits. hmm but I'm detecting what I will call pit Sorin. So there's like a Soren who's like stuck in a pit. And this is the Soren that maybe was bullied, maybe dropped out, maybe was isolated, maybe felt underdeveloped. You know, like you were kind of in this dark place and like it was really hard to like be you. And I think that, like, on paper, you've crawled out of there, right? Like, I mean, here you are head coach of of a very popular League of Legends team. You know, you have a a pretty, star- like, a pretty respectable professional career behind you. You've clearly landed on your feet. You've got a, you know, you're rocking a pretty awesome beard. Um, <laughs> you know, there there are a lot of things about you that are, like, you can really be proud of. And yet, you don't strike me as someone who's, like, and I think this is where things get really tricky because I think you are proud of what you've done. I think you have grown, you have matured, and I genuinely don't believe that, like, you know, I think you really do appreciate that. But then you've uh-huh. got that skull in the back of your room. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, you know, it's one thing to want to live every day to your fullest, but you uh-huh. have this weird thing where you need a reminder. And you need a graphic reminder because what I see in that skull is like a fear that unless like if you ever slow down, you're going to be back to pit that you've climbed fully out of the pit, but you need reminders to keep you striving. And this is where you kind of say, like, is that a bad thing is like feeling like you're not good enough or wanting to grow? I think you've cloaked it in positivity. It's absolutely adaptive. It's absolutely responsible for your success. Mm -hmm. But there's a fundamental lack of fulfillment there. Like, that that can't exist with fulfillment. And anytime you start to feel fulfilled, I think you look at your skull over there, and it reminds you that you're going to die one day, so better start feeling unfulfilled, because it's time to grow. Like, we've got a lot of growing to do, and, like, we can't stop growing. Not even for a single day. Heaven forbid that I take a day off in four months, because I have so well, much. I would growing. like to. <laughs> yep, yeah. I I think you would. So what gets in the way?
0: Mm. Uh, I, a lot of it is just my work schedule. So I think. I wouldn't be able to give you much more than a practical answer.
1: No, but that's an impractical. That's not a... Because your work schedule is determined, I think, right? So this is where, like, I'm going to toss out a hypothesis. Usually I wait for hypothesis formation at the end, but I think it comes back to this feeling like you have a lot of catching up to do. Mm. Right? So, like, you can't afford to take a day off. That's what I... If I had to piece things together, that's what I would think based on what you've said, is that you don't have the luxury of a day off.
2: Mm,
0: Partially. I think also just... uh, At least this is what my kind of ex-girlfriend told me, that being a head coach is a very, very time-consuming job, and if you want to be good, you do have to put a lot of time into it, and maybe it's more so that the kind of person I am, I found myself coming into this role. Does that make sense? So that... I found myself coming into this job that maybe fulfills this drive or insecurity that I have.
1: What do you think about that?
0: Hmm. There might be some truth to it. I mean, I, I enjoy responsibility for sure, and. You have a lot of responsibility as a head coach.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to think that, you know, you picked a job that will always make you feel like you have more to do. Yep. Is that sort Very of the implication so. that, that your ex-girlfriend was making? Yeah. How do you feel about that?
2: Mm. Maybe.
0: Maybe. But I don't really see playing as too different. I always had that mentality when I was a player sure. that there's always more that I can do. Um, and but of course, I I try to balance that as well with other maybe things that are healthier for me.
1: Yeah, and, I wasn't just so
0: playing fourteen hours a day.
1: So, so let me ask you this: Do you feel underdeveloped in other areas of your life?
2: Uh mm. Yeah, I would say so. Like what? Um,
0: or I'm I'm kind of unsure about it. If you asked me years ago, I would say yes, but now I I think I realize a little bit more that a lot of adults or mid twenties people are kind of winging it and yeah. they don't. Well said. Uh, whereas. Uh, uh, I definitely have an issue of kind of comparing myself to others. And okay. Thinking that they have their shit together and I don't. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that kind of goes back to this, like, idea that we were touching on earlier, that, like, I think you've started to realize that you may not actually be underdeveloped. But you carry that feeling with you. Hmm. So you mentioned earlier that you felt like sort of behind socially too, maybe around eighth grade or after you dropped out of school or when you met your teammates that you felt like very nervous. Uh-huh. Do you Can you tell me a little bit more about that feeling or what was in your head?
2: Uh, what was in my head?
1: That was a super vague question, so let me ask yeah, it this way. it's
0: kind of difficult to answer. Yeah,
1: it was way too vague. Terrible question. See, I, I could do better. <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about like, what happened after you dropped out after the 8th grade?
0: Um, I don't remember exactly, but uh, in Denmark, you have to finish, I guess, high school, like ninth grade, so... I would be gone for a bit, but then I don't know if I want to say the authorities, but people came to my house and, and talked to me and talked to my parents. They like you have to go back to school; it's part of the law. So I would kind of go back to school, drop back out, back to school, drop back out. Uh, ooh, here comes the the underdeveloped maybe. Um, and around this time, uh, I was diagnosed with a nonverbal learning disorder. And I started going to more of like a special needs school with just less students. And a lot of them were kind of on the autism or Asperger's spectrum. And yeah, it was just kind of hard for me to fit in. I didn't really feel fit in at the regular school. And I didn't really feel like I fit in at the special needs school. And now that I've grown older, I feel like there's a good chance that it was kind of an inaccurate diagnosis just based on. Being in a really deep depression, I think that really changes you. But whether I am or have that or not, I don't really know, but it was it was really tough on me at the time.
1: How did so. you feel?
2: Mm-hmm. What do you remember? How did I feel?
0: I want to say the first thing that comes to mind is that I felt like my life was over. Yeah. Soren, how would you? And I'm not. I'm not sure why I felt that way, but yeah, totally.
1: Good answer. And um.
0: I remember also feeling that way when. I first realized I had to wear glasses,
1: because that was also
0: apparently a life-ending thing when you're a teenager.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How would you feel if you missed two hours of practice?
2: Hmm... Mm. Weak, maybe?
1: Help me understand that.
0: Mm, I guess, in a sense, that is kind of saying that I'm unable to kind of cope with the stress of the job in my free time. So I have to take a little time off of practice.
1: Have you felt weak before?
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think being human is being weak in a lot of ways. And years ago, I always... As a player, I really kind of idealized the Korean-Chinese work ethic, which is like, sacrifice everything, play all day. You don't need to exercise. You don't need relationships. You don't need balance. You just need to grind. Uh, That was was maybe four years ago, maybe even longer, maybe like five, six years ago. That was really kind of what I strive to be. And then as I got older, I realized I'm human. I should look it out for
1: Sure. That sounds very healthy. I mean, in yeah. terms of, I guess kind of what I'm hearing, Soren is like, when I think about, so what exactly happened with the kindergarten thing? What did they do? They like,
0: mo- threw me over the fence.
1: Yeah and so I didn't quite understand I I couldn't quite paint a picture in my mind but like when I think about so I was bullied a lot growing up too and if I had to describe one word I'd never thought about bullying this way but if I had to describe like one word if I had to pick one word to describe how I felt it was weak hmm So, like, this is where, you know, I, I feel like I'm really leading more than following in this interview, which is, like, arguably a mistake. Because, generally speaking, like, I should, like, listen to what you have to say and then, like, form a hypothesis. But I'm seeing, like, a pretty clear chain here. And it, it may be hard. I could be wrong because I'm, I'm really not doing a good job. I'm not following the rules of normally how <laughs> I approach this. But, I, I mean, here's what I'm hearing from you, Soren, is that, like, you carry this, like, fear of weakness with you. And that, like, you won't relent at all for fear of, like, being back in the pit. Like, you're not going to go back there ever, ever. No one's ever going to throw you over the fence. You're never going to be weak. They're never, like, like, it's never going to happen. Like, you've been Uh there before, and you, and and this kind of comes back to the question of, I think, you've paid a price to be where you are. And that price is having that skull on your on your piano, right? It's yeah, like. Do you const- mind if
0: I ask something? Yeah. Do you think that this is something I can change, or do you think this is just how my life has shaped me to be?
1: Do you want to change it?
2: Mm, I don't know.
0: I mean, I like I like who I am.
2: I think but- you
1: do. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, you said, is this something you can change, or is this something that your life has shaped you to be? I don't think that's an either-or question. I think both are true. So I think you've been shaped this way, for better or for worse. And can you change it? Absolutely. But I think in order to change it, you have to do something that you really aren't don't want to do, which is that you have to take, you have to like schedule your CEO meetings during the week. Right, and I, I think what we what, what's really holding you back is I I don't I don't really and this could be me being ignorant, right? So I I really don't know what your team functions like, but I like I understand the inside of I think a few professional law organizations, and and I, I've seen this a lot. Like I'm t- I've seen this everywhere. Like I've seen this in investment banking. I've seen and I just don't I just don't think physiologically that like not taking a day off in four months leads to the best performance.
0: Would you? This is kind of separate from the whole conversation, and more practical. But for me, I'm really balancing. Like, do I want to have some more free time in my day to day, in my work days, or do I want to have more workload in the work days and then have have this day off that I can kind of call mine?
1: I think that's the think? wrong way to think about it. Oh, okay. Right. So I, I think, I think it's going to be challenging, but. And, and I think the real thing is that your real barrier I think is actually emotional because I think that like you don't want to feel weak like you want to feel like you're not letting people down like the possibility I think you, I, I know it sounds weird you know like if you set a limit on how much you do and like you let your team down as a result how would you feel about that
2: um
0: Yeah, I mean, I would just feel awful.
2: Why? Mm.
0: <laughs> just because. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they deserve better. I think.
1: What do you deserve?
0: Work, work has always been a, just a big part of my life. Sure. So I would probably feel. It's always been my North star to kind of do better at. I don't even really call it work, but I would do better as a player, better as a kind of a part of this team. Uh. So if I was to not put in my full effort, I think I would probably lose kind of part of who i am or my identity
1: yeah so i think that's a challenge so soren i'm going to talk about something and i i don't know if, is this useful is this conversation useful to you i mean would you rather be crying right now because we can make that happen
0: no i mean i had a few opportunities to cry but laughed it off instead
1: i, I mean i, I feel <laughs> like this is this is really important because i think like So a lot of times when I work with people who are very successful, like we talk about letting go of ambition
2: Mm. and,
1: and they sort of say like, it's ambition that's gotten me this far. Like, I don't understand, like if I let go, so like a good example is like, like I work with a lot of people in investment banking. And so those people, like these people like work really, really hard. Like they work crazy hours, you know, it's like, like big, big deals, like hundred million dollar deals, billion dollar deals. And, and they're, they sort of like, it's always like, there's always more to do. There's always a promotion. There's always another deal. And it's ambition that's gotten them this far. And so they get really, really concerned that if I let go of my ambition, like, I'll be nothing. Like, this is who I am. Right? Like, you're someone who, like, Soren, I think you're never going to be weak again. Like, to hell with that. Like, you would never put yourself in that situation. I think that the challenge here is that, you know, if you look at the physiology of performance and there's been a lot of work on on this kind of stuff, like having high levels of cortisol, a stress hormone, which I imagine is going to be higher in your system when you're working for four months without a break, is going to lead to less creative decision making. So when Mm -hmm. cortisol is floating around in your system and adrenaline is floating around in your system, these are stress hormones that we release more of when we work way too much. It actually reduces your capacity for creative thinking because when the way that our brains evolved, like when our fight or flight system is involved, like we don't want creative thinking. Like when I run into a tiger in the woods, I don't want to think creatively. Like my body needs to act. So like nuance gets lost and everything becomes black and white. Mm-hmm. And I don't think and it's interesting because we started off talking about sort of this feeling of, of autopilot and awareness that decays throughout the season, and you say to me, like, oh, yeah, we have it at the beginning. I can think creatively, but then we fall into the grind. I think it's absolutely physiologically or neuroscientifically mediated. Because literally, mm-hmm. as the season advances, your your brain is going to change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so I know this sounds absolutely insane, but like when I talk to these people and I'm like, yeah, you don't need to be striving for a promotion to be doing your best work. And they're really confused because they think that like, if I'm not striving for a promotion, I don't know how to work. And the beautiful thing is that they, I mean, oftentimes they wind up in my office because, you know, things need to change. And then, and then we kind of get to the point where I teach them how to let go of their ambition and they do wonderfully. Because I I think it sounds kind of weird, but there are like other reasons for you to work than ambition. And there are things that you can do, like your loyalty to your team, not wanting to let them down, needs to be separated from your personal feelings of weakness.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I can't say I know how to do that, but
1: I understand. and, And that's why we're not going the crying route, because I'd like to teach you today. And for everyone else who like beats themselves up to try to be something because there's a huge difference between not letting your team down and you feeling personally weak. And I know it sounds kind of bizarre, but it's my there's a hypothesis, I don't know if this is right or wrong, that you letting go of your feelings of weakness will actually be like will allow you to be the best coach for your team.
0: That yeah, we, I agree. I definitely th- feel like uh, I don't know if this is related, but sometimes I definitely do feel like uh, I'm too focused and worried about myself when I should really be putting all my focus on, on the players. And
1: helping yeah, them. that's really tricky because you're going to just put, I mean, you're going to find any reason to beat yourself up. So, like, I, I take that with a grain of salt, right? Okay. Like, like I, I think the number of ways in which you have thought through that you can be better is tricky, because I think that's the problem. On the one hand, you're absolutely correct, but on the other hand, like, why aren't you good enough?
0: Was that an actual question? Yeah. Why am I not good enough? Yeah. I don't really think I have an answer
1: to that. Do you feel not good enough?
0: Mm -hmm. um i mean it just goes kind of back to what we back to the beginning right i feel like i can be better i feel like i'm learning
1: do you need to be better
0: yeah why to serve my team and my players better
1: can i think about that for a second Let me put it this way. And I I don't know how much progress we're going to make here. Are you enough for your team?
0: (laughs) Um, The way that I am? Yes. Mm, No, I don't think so.
1: How would you know if you were?
0: I don't think I would know, which is why I say I don't think so. I don't I don't know for a fact.
1: Right. So what if I told you I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. And I want to know what your instinctive reaction is to these words. You're mm-hmm. enough for your team. You're exactly what your team needs in the way that you are in this moment. You don't need to be any better
2: than what you are. Mm.
0: It's hard, hard for me to believe that.
1: That's a very sugar-coated response. What, what did you think? What were you thinking as I? What did you think and feel as I said those words?
2: Mm.
0: What did I think and feel? That—that uh, that it was very nice of you, but that—that that you don't really know, because you is. don't know how I work. You don't see my work.
1: Yep. Yeah. And if I did see, what would I notice? What is it that yeah. I don't know about you, Soren? That you do?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't even know yet. Of course, there are a lot of things that. I know I can do better, and then there's the, the things that I'm kind of yet to discover.
1: Yeah, so this is tricky, but I'm going to try to say this one more time. Like, if I knew you the way that you know yourself, Soren, what would I... What's the difference? Right? Because I, I can tell that, like, when I said that, what I saw in your eyes was, this guy has no fucking idea what he's talking about. <laughs> right? So tell me what I don't know.
0: What do you not know? What are you? Mm, I don't really know how to answer that question.
1: Not knowing how to answer that question is different from... Like, there's something I'm missing, right? Because for me to say that, it's like ignorance. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah, I mean... So, educate me. Educate you? What am I ignorant of? What part of you don't I understand? What am I missing?
0: Well, I'm thinking more in relation to to my work, right? Sure. Um... Yeah, I I guess just, I feel like I can, I feel like I can always do more and I can always work harder. Which is maybe not what you want to hear, but.
1: Yeah, so I think that what we're getting into is a, is a conflict. Because I think you're, like, I think you have to unsugarcoat it to be able to say it. So, so let me, Uh let me, let me, this is. I'm not
0: trying to hide anything. I'm just.
1: I, I, I I don't think you are. I think it's just going to be tough, right? So maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree. But, like, yeah. I can tell... So the reason that I said that is because I know you're going to have... Like, when I said, like, I think you are enough. Right? Mm. Like, I think you're fine by your players. By the way, have you ever talked to your players about whether they feel like you're letting them down? Mm. No. What do you think about having a conversation like that?
0: <laughs> um...
2: hmm yeah i don't really know
0: i feel like most of them would just be be really nice about it
1: what does that mean be really nice about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry i'm just i need to answer a message from my manager Um, I think if I was to ask a question like am I letting you down I think that obviously if someone was to ask me that it would kind of seem like they need reassurance so I would probably give them reassurance maybe I would yeah I guess this is how I feel
1: okay so how would they signal to you if they really thought you were not letting them down What could they say to you that would convince you that they think you're doing a fantastic job and they're happy to have you?
0: Do you mind repeating that?
2: Yeah, so,
1: like, how would they signal to you? So, like, let's say, so here's what, what, okay... Let's just take a step back, start from the top, okay? So, it's my belief that you have a sense of inadequacy that keeps you striving to be the best, but is personally like tortures you. Like, I think it's gotta be like a hard way to live your life where you wake up like somewhat content. You're like, ah, let me sleep in. And then you see that skull, and the skull is like, fuck you, get out of bed weakling right you're like on the days that i'm really tired i look at the skull and it reminds me that i need to be better and that i'm not good enough and so okay Uh. fine so then i turn to you and i say something absolutely idiotic which is soren i think you're fantastic just the way that you are and you're like this fucking guy that's his job (laughs) he sees the best in everyone right it's his job to, like, accept people, but he doesn't understand. <laughs> right? Totally understand. Like, that's fair. It's completely fair. I don't, I don't know you, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm missing something. It's my job to see the best in everyone. And there's, like, something in you that is clearly not the best. Fine. I accept that, too. Because I don't know you. You're right. And then I ask you, so fill me in. Tell me, help me understand what it is about you that I don't know. You have a lot of trouble answering that. Because there's, like, mm-hmm. if, and if we think about it, like, how, you can't protest against my statement unless there's something, like, because your, your your protest is, like, quite strong. And so I think that, like, it's, like, pit soaring down there that's, like, you didn't see me when I got tossed over the fence into the kindergarten. And then you had to, like, walk through the fucking kindergarten back to your school, like, you yeah. know, like, that's pathetic, man. And, and, felt and that I, way, yeah. yeah, right. So I think that that like leaves a scar, and I think this for is sure. the scar that we're running up against. And now we get into a real problem because your adaptation to that scar is responsible for your success. Mm-hmm. It's the work ethic. It's the the constant feeling that you could be better, and mm-hmm. like like that's what's gotten you to where you are. And so, fair. I don't know your team. I don't know League of Legends. I'm a noob. Fine. I don't know you. Fine. Right? Because the, the response that I heard when I said, I think you're good enough, is you don't know me. Like, you don't, you don't really know. You don't know what you're talking about. Fine. So there's something there about you that is not good enough. Fine. So then let's, <laughs> let's turn to someone who does know, right? Like Because your teammates know like they're your teammates. Like they know whether you're doing a good job. They know whether you're doing enough. And and then we get to the real crux of the problem is that like if you go to them and you say like am I doing enough? Like what are they going to see? They're going to see someone who's weak. Who needs reassurance. And they're <laughs> going to say, "Yeah, no, so uh, Soren, you're doing great, man." Oh man. You're so handsome. You're so smart. Right? Like, that's... Like, you feel like... You're gonna be like... Like, now I'm almost getting like... Like, they're gonna put you in the special school all over again. Like, they can't... (laughs) They can't give it to you straight. And Uh, so... The two things that I'd point out to you is... First, like, how would you know? Right? If they actually did think that you did an awesome job. And that, like... Like, cause I'm, I'm... I can almost i can i'm pretty sure if i had the opportunity to talk to them this is what they'd say that your work ethic is amazing that you're an inspiration and that like they're really optimistic because like you're on their team and that they think you're doing a fantastic job Mm -hmm. like i would i would give you 10 to 1 odds that that's what they would say and now the mm-hmm. problem is, like, now I'm going to point out to you, like, where the problem is. It's like, how are you going to know? Like, how are you going to know if you're enough? Even if they tell you, if I tell you, like, no, as many people as you want to can tell you. But as long as that voice is there, discounting and undermining everything, all of the signals that, that get sent your way, this is not going to change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I'm talking about is like a radical change. This is reshaping who you are. It's like accepting that you actually are enough today and you can do more tomorrow. Don't worry, you have you don't have to let go of being better tomorrow. But what I want to let I want you to what I want you to do is let go of like feeling fundamentally not good enough. Because I suspect that like in other parts of your life too, you know, and I don't know how much to read into his ex-girlfriend, but You know, in other parts of your life, too, like, I'm afraid that there may be situations where you are actually fully adequate, but you don't feel
0: that way. That is is actually on point, yeah. In my relationship, I often felt like I was not, or I felt like she was dissatisfied with me a lot, even though then she would tell me, (laughs) I am satisfied with you, but maybe, like, there's this thing or this thing, but those things would hit me very hard
1: so so this is what i see in in people who like have what you have is that they become self-fulfilling prophecies Mm -hmm. so like when someone feels inadequate in a relationship their partner will tell them no i actually really like being with you but their mind will latch on to the 10 percent of what their partner says instead of the 90 percent I really do want to be with you. And of course you're not perfect. And then your mind is like, there it is. Let's, let's shove aside the 90% of contentment and, and zero in on the 10%. And that actually becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. We see this as well in people who have a fear of abandonment where like they think like they're, they tell their partner or the, the they're afraid that their partner is going to leave them. Partner's like, no, I'm not going to leave you. Like, I like being in this relation. And they're like, you're going to leave. Like, no, I'm not. And then like, they tell them, like, you're going to leave. I know you're going to leave. You didn't text me back. Who are you with? You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. I
0: have I, I have also had that in a relationship, and I did end up leaving her. <laughs> right?
1: And it's yeah. like, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think, yeah, like, Soren, you're playing a rigged game, man. And it all comes, like, it doesn't matter, like, who you hear it from, how qualified they are. Like, even if you heard it from the CEO, you're like, he doesn't know, right? Like, like if, if your CEO is like, hey, Soren, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Like, You'd be like, he doesn't see what I do day to day.
2: hmm
1: That voice is always... Do you see the voice that I'm talking about that's just, like, always there? Yeah. So do you want that to change? Is that voice a
2: bad thing? Hmm...
0: I guess my worry is if I don't have that voice, I always had the feeling that if I ever lost my drive, that I just shouldn't be in this line of work. Because this line of work is like striving to be the very, very best. And you have to make sacrifices to do that. Uh, so I guess part of my worry is if, if I was to lose that, I don't think I would find as much joy out of this work. And then I would have to find something else to do. And I don't know what that would be.
1: So I disagree with that completely. So I understand where you're coming from. It just hasn't been my experience at all. So can I, can I try to convince you for a moment? Sure. So I get what you're saying that like this voice is what drives you forward right and this is why i asked you at the very beginning and you asked me too you were like is this a bad thing and then i asked you do you want to get rid of it and i don't think you do and that's the problem so like when i ask you like do you want to be fulfilled i don't think you do like i think that any time you you have like like i don't see you like ever relaxing like even when you yeah. win right
0: i, I am re- i'm really afraid of complacency cuz yeah. i've seen I've seen. I've been playing. I have. I had, and I could have continued to play if I wanted to. I, I won the the North American season before I I chose to go into coaching. Um, uh, and I played professionally for I think eight years, and I saw just so many players find success and then become comfortable, and then eventually uh, stop playing because they. Kind of lost their drive
1: and i understand that so i i think though soren you're not them i'm not worried about you losing your drive and i actually think that like the best that the best performance you're gonna see by all means grind by all means work a lot like i'm not telling you to like not work but i think that the best like literally like neuroscientifically and like optimizing performance wise When you're operating from a place of, like, positive energy and positive emotion, you're actually going to outperform what you're capable of with, like, negative energy and negative emotion.
0: I do want to say I feel like before COVID, I was closer to that, Uh, living a kind of more balanced lifestyle. Um, I think COVID has definitely maybe brought out the worst in that because we were also in a really strict bubble system in order to stay safe, right? So I was only in my apartment. And at the office, I didn't see any friends for six months. Well, even longer, obviously, like for. So it's just kind of all my time has really gone into working, which probably um, strengthens these feelings.
1: So that makes me think even more so that like letting go of some of these feelings is going to be a step forward for you. Because if if in a high stress environment these feelings are getting worse, like generally speaking, like depression and anxiety and all that stuff is getting worse during COVID.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's not like your optimal function. It's like it's almost like a coping mechanism. It's like it's like your internal cheat code to keep working.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and something tells me that like you know i'm not i'm seriously i'm not saying slack off but i don't think you're gonna slack off i don't think we have to worry about you slacking off like i don't think that if this changed in you emotionally i think there's too much programming in your brain your neurons have wired a certain way to where you're not going to just like wake up and do nothing like it's just not who you are and, and then, what well, what's
0: going to change them? or what what could change then?
1: it's a good question um So I think that, like like I was saying, there are a couple of feelings that are tangled up here. One is, like, striving to be the best. One is not wanting to let your team down. And the third is, like, feeling weak or inadequate. What I'm saying Uh is that I don't think that all three of those have to, like, go together. Right? Like, you can care about your teammates, you can want to not let them down, but also recognize that, like, you are good enough. That together as a team, you guys can actually do this. That you don't have to worry, like, you shouldn't be worrying about, like, whether you're good enough or not. Like, you've got no headspace for that. Mm. You should be focused, like, fully on your team. Like you said, you kind of think a little bit about yourself too much. Because I I know it sounds weird, but I mean, if we're talking about self-fulfilling prophecies in relationships, that could happen in the professional space, too. And the real problem here at the end of the day, uh, Soren, I think the real problem is that you don't, like, you can't ever know what's right and what isn't. Right? Like, you can't ever know, like, what's going to be enough. If I tell you you're not going to listen, if your teammates tell you that you're not going to listen. So, like, if there was some objective measure of your enoughness, then I'd say this is a whole different ballgame. But in the absence of that, like, your mind is always going to tell you that you're not enough. It's not enough that you need to be better. And you can mm-hmm. love your teammates, you can want to, like, lead them to victory. But, like, being fundamentally faithless in yourself, which I'm using, uh, like, exaggerated language here, is, like, not going to be... <laughs> and now we're falling into another trap, because now I'm telling you that you, you, that you need to be better. But, <laughs> you, you know, like, fundamentally believing that you are good enough, fundamentally believing that you are what your team needs can lead to hubris or pride or complacency. But I think in your case, at the highest levels of performance, Soren, I think it starts to become maladaptive. That for 99% of the road, the work ethic that you've got and the emotions that you've got and feeling not good enough is going to get you 99% of the way there. But if you want to walk that last step, you have to let go of this.
2: Uh-huh. What do you think? Mm. I
0: agree. And I have come up maybe against these kinds of things with... With a therapist, and they're just so deeply rooted that I I don't know where, where to begin, you know.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> we can. I'm I'm glad you see a therapist. By the way, that's good. Um. So let me now now let's let's do this together. Okay. So if, if you're with me, like we I I don't have an answer for you, so we're gonna have to figure this out together. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?
0: Sure. <laughs> I hear. I don't it know what the it- details, but. Okay. I am open to it.
1: Okay. So so let's think about the conundrum. So here I am telling you that you need to accept yourself more and that you are good enough. Right? Yeah.
0: And really feeding into my thing that you're telling me that if y- I change something, I can be even better.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, so that's the problem. So what, what, do, we, what, do, what, do, we, what do we do about that? Because even if I try to tell you to move in the right direction, I'm actually falling into your trap. You're the one who's trapped <laughs> me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly have no idea where to begin.
2: Well, so I, you- I
0: was—I was coming up at a point where I was learning more so to kind of accept and understand myself rather than trying to change.
1: Yeah. So, so then, then, then I think that sounds right um so but then then i guess then what we i have a practical answer for you but i just want to appreciate the conundrum that we're in here which is that either you accept yourself where you are and then you don't strive to be better which is sort of i guess winning or i'm telling you hey like you need to learn how to accept yourself which is like you don't does that make it's like it doesn't we're stuck right so so if we truly accept you then what we should say is soren you should continue not accepting yourself that is acceptance Yeah. Right? And then if, if we say, like, Soren, you need to learn how to accept
0: that yourself. Was, that was very convenient for me.
1: Right? So, Or I can say, Soren, you, you need to learn how to accept yourself, which is in and of itself not accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. So we're stuck. So the good news is that there's actually, like, a really simple way to move forward, and I think you're, you're well along this path. The first is just to notice the absurdity of what we're talking about. It's dumb. The whole thing is unsolvable Mm -hmm. okay and i know it sounds kind of weird but every time you notice that feeling in you that you need to be better and then if you move towards saying like oh i shouldn't feel this way that's wrong and if you Mm. blindly follow it that's wrong too so like what we really need is simply just awareness to recognize that like either path we go down is wrong Mm -hmm. And so, if we don't go down a path, like, what do we do? Like, if I'm not moving, like, so you're saying if I walk down this path, it's wrong. If I walk down this path, it's wrong. So what are my options, then?
2: Um.
0: I don't know.
1: It's, it's weird. So do nothing. With awareness. Right? Just notice. I know it's weird. But just like notice the conundrum within you. And on a much more practical level, there are going to be times in your life where you're going to feel like taking, you know, an hour off to do like meet with the CEO. You're going to feel weak. Like you should be able to handle it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like throughout your week, very practically, there are going to be times where you feel weak, where you feel inadequate, where you're afraid of holding everyone back. And so a lot of your actions and your schedule has been structured based on those negative emotions of fear and inadequacy and things like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be tough for you, Soren, it's going to be very hard, but don't give in to those negative emotions. Right? And what I mean by that is notice that like, like if you schedule a meeting with your manager during practice, you're going to feel like you're letting your team down. And this is where like, honestly, what I would recommend, I'm going to give you like a very simple, straight, straight playbook. So you go to your team and and you should have a conversation with them about, hey, we meet for practice eight hours a day. I have some other obligations as coach. I've got to meet with this person and this person. How would y'all feel about me taking some of those meetings in the middle of practice? And then like the assistant coach, like, how would you guys feel if I missed like an hour or two of practice a day?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds extremely uncomfortable.
1: Yep. There it is. What are you feeling right now?
2: Mm. Weak?
0: Because if I was the player, I would say don't you have X amount of hours before and after practice to do those things? Why do you need to do it? In the middle of practice,
1: okay, sure. So if that's what they say, then you're going to listen to them.
2: Mm. Well, that's what I would tell myself.
1: <laughs> but yeah, right. So 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 and and this is what like like I, I think you've got to like w- like listen to your team, right? And and say like, do I need to be here? I mean, I'm assuming you guys you don't. How many hours a week do y'all? I, I don't want to like ask you too many details about what your practice schedule is and stuff like that because that could be mm. like competitive information, but. I'm assuming that, you know, you guys are basically practicing like six days a week.
0: Um, The schedule is kind of different now. So we have actually three match days and then one off day and then we have uh, three practice days. Okay. During season.
1: So so if it's, if it's during season, maybe you need to crunch things too, so I'm willing to concede that. Like, if you guys have three match days and three practice days, maybe you don't want to miss any of that. But I think yeah. it's worthwhile, like, having a conversation with your team. And, like, this is the whole point, is that you can't let your feelings of weakness determine what's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's season, maybe you don't have time to, cause that sounds super tight to me. Like I don't, I'm not hearing there's actually a whole lot yeah. of
0: time. It's, so it's really difficult. Yeah. The, yeah. We don't have as much, near as much practice as we used to be able to do.
1: So, so then the question is like, do you need to be meeting with your CEO? Like during this time?
0: Um. uh I, i'm not sure
1: okay so yeah. so so I, I what i'm hearing from you soren is that that like really if you guys have three match days and like one day of practice between matches that really doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of time to do anything else yeah so i'm i, I know that sounds kind of anticlimactic but i i think i'm gonna have to take a step back from what i was saying earlier because <laughs> that really does sound quite different to me um but I, I still think the general like idea of of you know not letting the sensation of like and in that case I I I think the reason that you know you shouldn't scale back is not because you feel weak but because there's actually like a necessity. You guys have eight hours of practice. Before, essentially, it sounds like you guys have one day of practice before a match.
0: Mm, Monday we have a day off, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday we practice, and then we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday three matches in a row.
1: Oh, I see. So that that's a, so. Yeah, it still sounds super tight from a scheduling standpoint. So I I, I know it sounds kind of... I've been trying to avoid asking you details of your schedule just for, like...
0: Uh, That's everyone's practice schedule. Okay.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to... Except
0: some some teams, they obviously don't take an off day sometimes or push the training schedule longer on some of the days because we have less practice days and things like that, but...
1: I'm trying to figure out how to salvage my argument because I I feel like I just torpedoed it. (laughs) Um, So I still think that there's like a broader point here. I don't know about this particular schedule, but I'm getting the sense that you're still motivated by a lot of like feeling inadequate. What do you think about that?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I think so. So I I think your road forward is still the same. In this particular instance, I don't think it, and I I, I don't know if this makes sense, but I still don't think that the reason you, so you shouldn't meet with your CEO on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That makes perfect sense to me. At the same time, I think the reason you shouldn't meet with them is not because you feel weak, but it's like literally you just don't have time because you've got to work. Do you understand how there's a difference there?
0: Mm. Kind of, but there is time.
1: There is time for what?
0: I could have a meeting.
1: Do you think that that would... What would be the cost of that meeting if you met with the CEO on Tuesday?
2: Hmm...
0: just kind of the flexibility of my time i guess those days where we end up practice it differs but maybe the average practice day we end at like 6 30 or 7 and then i am kind of flexible to do i want to stay at the office and work do i want to relax and hang out with my players and staff do i want to go home but if i have that meeting then no matter kind of how i feel maybe how how stressed i am on the day i have to do this thing
2: and
1: so, do you uh, think that...
0: it's it's nice to have more flexibility because some practice days are are really hard and really taxing?
1: Okay, so I I think that that makes sense that you want flexibility. So let me ask you this: Have you noticed anything in your schedule that is driven by the sense of feeling like if you didn't do that, you would be weak?
2: Mm.
0: If I didn't do that I would be weak. Sorry do you mind asking one more time?
1: Yeah. Sorry. I I think we're we're kind of getting like lost in the weeds here, but like here's the general I was hoping that there was an easy application, but upon hearing what your schedule is like, I don't think there is. But here's my general idea, okay? And and maybe we won't find a specific thing, but So In your role as head coach, you have certain, like, work responsibilities, which are necessities. Right? Like, you have to show up for practice. You need to strategize. You guys need to figure out what heroes you're going to pick. You have to, like, watch replays from, like, the matches that you have coming up. Like, all that stuff is, like, necessary. Uh I totally get that. What I'm hearing from you, and I'm pretty sure that this was sort of, like, a theme that we've sort of uncovered, is that at times your actions are not motivated by the necessity of the job. And if you really tunnel down and you become highly aware, you'll notice that they're not actually, they may look like what is necessary in the job. But really what it is, is you feel like you would be weak or you'd be letting your players down if you like didn't do this thing. So some actions are motivated by necessity, and some actions are motivated by avoiding feeling weak.
0: Yeah. I think the, that kind of gray area, a lot of it for me is how much I'm studying the other regions play, because there's an infinite amount of games from other regions. That's really where I think, as a coach, you can really put in the hours and... There's not not a necessity for me to watch all the games because it's simply not possible. Uh, but I think that's where um, a lot of the times I feel inadequate if I'm not up to date, if I don't, if I didn't watch the matches from last night. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the bigger ones that come to mind.
1: Yeah, so that that's I think that's a great example because that's something where like you could do work and it's reasonable for you to do work. But I I don't know exactly how you find this. I think it's going to be through some self-reflection. But right now, you somehow decide how much to watch, right? Like, there's some internal calculus that on week to week, like, you either watch a lot or you watch less or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a difficult thing. It's one of those things that I haven't really been able to balance. I'll watch a lot, and then maybe I will kind of burn out, and then need to take more time. And then I will barely watch, and I can't find this healthy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So now I feel like this is salvageable, because I think that that pattern of burnout, or like a ton of work followed by burnout, is 100% what you see when someone is driven by a negative emotion. Right, Because you're beating yourself up. You're like, I'm inadequate. I need to watch more. I need to watch more. I need to watch more. And then you actually burn yourself out and then you don't watch. And this is what I'm saying in in terms of optimizing performance is that if you pay attention to that feeling that drives you to watch to the point of burnout and you don't let that control you, on balance, I'd say four out of five people that find a way to balance that. And the way to balance it is actually your feeling of inadequacy at the beginning because that's yeah. what's driving you to burn out in the first place. Yeah. And so if you can uh, become aware of that feeling of inadequacy and and not be driven by it, then you actually won't burn out. And if you won't burn out, you'll actually end up watching more matches more productively than you would in the way that you are right now.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: 100%. So the key there is going to be that like sort of deciding like how, like sort of from a tranquil state of mind, how many hours of things you're going to watch. And once you sort of make like an initial determination, if you feel inadequate in the middle, you have to try really hard to at least be aware of that. And then ask yourself this question, because remember, whether you if you don't watch the game, we're screwed. And if you do watch the game, you're screwed. But just ask, you know, that's the paradox we were talking about. Just ask yourself, am I watching this game because I feel inadequate? Am I watching this game because I feel like I'd be letting my team down? Even though I don't feel like watching it? Even though I'm tired? Am I doing this because I don't... You know, because of that feeling, the skull? Do you think you could ask yourself that question?
2: Yeah.
0: And when when the answer is inevitably... Sometimes it's going to be okay. that I am doing it because of those things and what I do.
1: What do you think you do?
2: Uh... Uh...
0: Something I've been trying to do more recently is just kind of sit with those feelings
2: more
1: good that's the right answer myself yeah so like i know it sounds weird but whether you watch the game this is what's really confusing for a lot of people about like self-growth the actual action you take at the end of the day is not rewiring the neurons what rewires the neurons is asking yourself the question and being able to authentically answer it I know it sounds really weird, but as long as you ask yourself the question and authentically answer it, you will move one step closer to balance. Uh Because on some days, your mind is going to actually generate the thought and it'll say, you know what, you can take a break. And on other days, it's going to be like, you know what, you really can't deserve to take, you don't deserve to take a break, you need to watch this and we can't know which one your mind is going to produce, and it's actually fine. Either one it produces is okay. The key thing is asking yourself the question and coming up with an authentic awareness of what's driving you. Mm
0: -hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Thoughts?
1: Questions about today? I know things got super abstract and confusing there at the end, so sorry about that.
0: No, no, that that was really helpful, because I, I I am definitely aware that I didn't have a healthy relationship with that aspect of my work, especially. Um,
1: and then, one last thought. Because when it comes to social relationships, things like that, or like, you know, non-professional things, I would encourage you to pay a lot of attention, once again, to that feeling of inadequacy. Right? And try to figure out, like, you know, what, which of your actions is being driven by that feeling. And the more that you become aware of it, the more it'll start to dissolve. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And then the last question that I'll leave you with, which is, I think, ultimately, Soren, the one that you're going to have to answer for yourself, and this is for everyone listening to, if you feel inadequate, you really have to be careful about how you respond to people that tell you otherwise, right? Because I think the biggest issue here is that, like, you don't... It's a lose-lose situation. Like, no matter, like, if if your teammates say, like, yeah, like, you're doing fantastic, you're going to swat that down. If I say it, you're going to swat that down. Sometimes people, like, the people that we care about us, like, when we're feeling inadequate, will swat down what they say. And you really have to, like, understand where that comes from. Like, why are you so quick to swat down what other people say?
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh definitely when I used to get compliments I would very much answer in like uh thanks but you don't know me. Yep. <laughs> but I, I learned the socially acceptable thing is just to to even so, even if I don't truly believe it to to still
1: Yep. Uh, well to
0: try not to show that because that's a very disrespectful thing to show.
1: Yeah, so I understand that you learn socially what to say, but then the question yeah, yeah, is like, exactly, like, yeah. but not on the inside. It's and bad. and I think it's hard for you to answer this, but like, what is it that we don't know about you? Right, when you say, when your mind says you don't know me, it implies there's something inside you that people don't know. Like they don't know something about you. But when I ask you what that thing is, like I'm not hearing anything.
0: No, I've. I've I've definitely made a lot of progress in when people give me compliments or say nice things about me that a lot of the time I I do genuinely believe it whereas maybe f- 5 years ago I would never. Yeah. So so I don't I don't feel constantly inadequate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I I I hope I didn't give you the impression that I feel that that's how you feel
0: feel oh no that's that is how i felt in the past so i'm just saying that uh it's not that i always have that response of like oh you don't know me you don't know what's wrong with me uh
1: So, so here's what i've found when people have that kind of response like you don't know me the more you tunnel down and look where that response comes from the more it dissolves because usually that response like is a leftover emotion from a traumatic experience earlier in your life. Uh. It's like you carry that sense of inadequacy or like like imagine what you were taught to believe about yourself between the fourth and eighth grade. Uh. Like the sense of identity. And so like what happens is when someone compliments you is that part of your identity which was formed back then kind of like rises to the surface and tries to swat down the compliment. Whereas now, like, like, how old are you, Soren?
0: Ballpark? 25.
1: Okay. So like when we look at Soren, like 25-year-old Soren who's won the North American Championships and is, you know, head coach and all this other good stuff. Like that person has a lot of authentic reasons to feel good about themselves and to feel proud of what they've accomplished and things like that. But inside you, there's also like Eighth grade Soren who gets chucked over the wall. Uh And like that echo, the echo of that identity is what rebels against the compliment. And the more Uh you tunnel down and you say, why am I swatting this compliment away? The more you look for it, you're actually not going to find an answer. It's just going to be that feeling. And the more you do that process of looking for why you're swatting down the compliment, the less that feeling, the more that feeling will kind of go down. And then you'll be kind of like, you'll walk around not feeling, you know, like occasionally like you're weak. Like it emerges at times, right? Mm. It's like open up weakness.exe, and then it runs for five minutes, and then it closes down.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful.
1: Thoughts? Questions?
0: Um. Yeah, this is really insightful thanks for having me on the stream
1: guess what i'm thinking what i was like oh he's just saying that to be nice
2: no no
0: <laughs> definitely not uh, i mean that was part of what i was i guess what a lot of people hope for when they talk to you and what? i'll definitely have to go back and rewatch and think a little bit more about this stuff
1: you seem to have a very contemplative face, so I had some trouble kind of reading where you are right now. Can you help me understand like where you are right now?
0: Contemplative face?
1: Yeah, you're you have a thinking face. You seem to be oh. thinking
0: a lot. I think I'm just a thinker.
1: I think Not you that's are much too. of a feeler. Um, can you help me understand what was helpful or what was insightful about today?
0: Um just kind of understanding better why I am the way I am and some of the I guess complexes that I have and bringing more self-awareness to them and maybe understanding a little bit more where they come from of course I know that my past is affecting me in the present but not always so aware as to how, or how to help it. Um, and it definitely gets a little bit blurry, the, the, the kind of toxic feelings of inadequacy versus the more, like you said, like the necessity of what I have to do. Uh, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Um, what what do you think is I guess I already kind of know the answer but I assume that meditation is a good way to kind of cultivate that self-awareness in your thinking and your patterns and things like that
1: what do you think
2: Mm.
0: I think so but it's a habit that I've never really been able to it's never been able to stick with me for some reason Maybe because it's driven by my inadequacy (laughs) when I do it.
1: Ah, tell me about that.
0: Uh, What happens
1: when you try to meditate, Sauron?
0: What happens when I try to meditate? Uh it's not like a super uncomfortable experience or anything. I just have a hard time just sitting down and getting it done. I think a lot of the things that I do there's a very clear motivation to it. But with meditation, I don't really have one. Even though I know it's 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 good for you, but Let
1: me yeah. think about this for a second. Sure. So your first question was, how do you gain Mm self-awareness?
0: I have had kind of bouts of meditating consistently, and I definitely noticed. Especially an increased awareness of when I was really present and when I'm not, when I'm really in my own head.
1: Um, Do you want an easy meditation technique or a hard meditation technique?
0: Whatever you think is more I'm going to
1: give you a super hard one. Okay. So. Oh, we're going to practice quickly. I want you to sit up straight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I want you to, as you breathe in through your nose, say the word strength in your mind. And as you breathe out, I want you to say the word weakness in your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just do one breath. Mm-hmm. Were you able to do it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now comes the hard part. <laughs> Every time you walk through a door, a doorway, I want you to breathe to yourself and inhale strength and exhale weakness. Hmm.
0: I think I would feel really silly doing that, but yeah.
1: yeah. You don't have to say it, right? So it just has to be an internal thing, like just... And if the strength and weakness feels weird to you, you you can even let go of that. Just inhale and exhale every time you walk through a doorway. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does that feel to you? Is the strength-weakness part a little bit cheesy? Um... A little bit. So I'll leave that one up to you.
0: I had, if, I had a therapist years ago that made me do a lot of uh, kind of affirmations and positive affirmations. And you that know That never really clicked with me.
1: Perfect. Let's, let's swap it around. We're going to inhale weakness and breathe out strength. How about that?
0: <laughs> that sounds great.
1: Does that feel more comfortable for you?
0: Uh, sounds a little depressing, to be honest. So, so,
1: so, which you tell me that?
0: No, no, I, 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 it's the inhaling strength and exhaling. It's not, it's not bad. It was more (laughs) having to look at myself in the mirror and say these things out loud. I felt it was very cheesy, but
1: no, no, but you're not looking at anything. We're not.
0: No, uh, not with you. I was uh, oh. referring back to what my... Yeah, I think, posi- is, so I think positive
1: good. affirmations are terrible. I think you're not, not what I would recommend for you. Hmm. And, and, and I encourage you... I know this sounds kind of weird, Soren, but I encourage you to like actually play around with it. So by all means, do weakness and strength or strength and weakness, whichever way you want to do it. You can do both or neither. The key thing is going to be going through the doorway. But if it feels cheesy for you, maybe that can be good. And if it feels depressing, that can be good. And just play around with it, right? Because it's two sides of the same coin.
0: I don't think cheesy is necessarily a bad thing.
1: Okay. So try that. It's going to be really, really hard. Okay? Like, this is like a, you know, Uh like a professional level technique and the reason is because our brain is actually wired to reset our thought process anytime we go through a doorway it's why i don't know if you've ever experienced this but if you walk like you'll walk into a room and you'll be like why did i walk into this room what was i doing hmm. it's actually this weird thing about doorways but it's like the best way to cultivate self-awareness because it's so hard
0: hmm. okay
1: okay that's the meditation
0: all right.
1: Any an last thoughts? An all-day meditation? Yep, you're right. It is an all-day meditation. Would anything less be sufficient for you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I guess not.
1: Right. So th- the other thing is that sometimes I use this meditation technique to trick people into meditating normally because they try this for a, a week and they're like, this is terrible. I'm just going to sit down for five minutes and meditate normally. Which, if you decide to do that, that's totally fine, too. But give it a shot. Um, All right, I will do. And any last thoughts or questions before we wrap up for the day?
0: Um, no. Okay. Just thanks again for, for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on, man. I, I, I hope um, it was helpful, and you know I think you're fantastic. I really do think that your team is very lucky to have you. Thank you. How did you respond internally?
0: <laughs> uh, no, genuinely uh, thankful.
1: Yeah, I, I got that. Because you're uh-huh.
0: because you're not you're not um, you're speaking from from your perspective, and I can be thankful for your perspective. I have a harder time when you're telling me objectively what I am.
1: That's yeah more difficult. Fair, fair, because I don't know objectively what you are. Hmm. But anyway, thanks a lot for coming on and, and good luck with the season, dude.
0: Yeah, um, thanks very much. Take care, man.
1: Bye. Yeah. Oh, a- any Bye. suggestions who we should raid?
2: Um, let
0: me see. Maybe my, my friend Myth. Have you ever had him on here?
1: I don't think so, but we can raid Myth. I think we've raided Myth
0: before. Is he, is he online? He might uh, not be online. Oh, he's not. So you, uh. GG. Oh, I think your chat should pick.
1: Okay. Our chat
0: will. I'm pick. sure they would have a better idea than me.
1: Okay. Thanks a
2: lot. And good luck. Seriously, dude.
0: Yeah. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye. Keep doing what you're doing.
2: Take care.